study the rumors. Yeah, study this. Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Forbidden Technique Podcast with your boys, Christian and Silas. We're back after another unexpected absence. I was very busy and then very sick over the holiday period, so we didn't manage to get in a big end-of-year retrospective, but, like, kind of who cares? Everyone does those, and they all do the same shit where, like, oh, yeah, KO of the years, obviously, uh, Bobby Green versus Grant Dawson, fight of the year, Alex Caceres versus Daniel Pineda, fighter of the year, Kevin Holland. It's always Kevin Holland every year. Yeah, we didn't do that. Now everyone's forgot about all of that shit. Anyway, MMA is starting again, and fight announcements for the first quarter of this year are looking absolutely bonkers, but we got to get through these next few weeks. Um, this card's actually okay. It's got some good fights on it, especially on the main card. It just kind of has a dumb, wonky, light heavyweight main event. This just had something a little bit more meaningful at the top than this could actually be like a good arena card. We've got Magomed Ankalaya versus Johnny Walker. Um, just the curse of Magomed Ankalaya continues. Obviously, this is a rematch. This fight happened like a couple of months ago. I don't know what it is about Magomed Ankalaya that he just is like the only just generically well-rounded consummate professional at light heavyweight and for some reason he can't just have normal fights like all of this weird shit's got to follow him around has all of these you know has all of these no contest and draw fights and having his career massively held up by a series of rematches getting rebooked and then cancelled with Iwan Kutalaba because he didn't knock Ion Kutalaba out definitively enough the first time, and then they finally get the fight together, and it was obviously a huge waste of time because he's obviously just better than that guy anyway. Now we got this shit where he at least actually like managed to psych himself up into just uh, easily taking down and destroying Johnny Walker, and then just fucking illegally need him in the head while he was standing up, and the fight was a no contest. Also, the grounds for the fight being a no contest, if I remember if I remember correctly, were extremely strange. Johnny Walker was like, it was a pretty clean knee, but he was like fine and he was ready to go. And there was like a new doctor that night because it was Abu Dhabi and UFC were running their own commission. And there was just this guy who I'm sure just like had some powerful friends and thought it would be a fun thing to do. Cause the guy didn't seem to have a fucking, like I don't know anything about the guy's medical credentials, but the guy didn't seem to have a fucking clue about MMA, he's asking Johnny Walker, like, where are you and shit like this. And it's like, what? You're asking him stuff in his second language while he's like, clearly just really focused on trying to get back into the fight and then like waving it off because he wasn't like cooperating because the doctor was just being weird. It's just a, that's a question that's not even going to get a good answer no matter what. Yeah, because he might just he might just fucking forget the airy. He's not the brightest guy. You you can't stop a fight because of a fighter being dumb. <laughs> yeah, and you know he's 
he's probably way whacked out on adrenaline and like cooling down while this is going on and just wants to get back in there and fuck shit up. So, anyway, I think, did you pick Johnny Walker? I'm sure I did. I don't remember. I think I, I mean, I shouldn't have. Because <laughs> I'm sure I was just like, obviously Magomed Ankalaev is better than Johnny Walker, but Johnny Walker's weird and he has this whole thing that he doesn't, you know, he kind of just floats around on the outside, tepidly kicking people from really far away because he like hasn't really developed any kind of actual depth as a striker, obviously, because he's been at SBG Island. But um, he has developed some kind of comfort for just this like shitty negative style where he can just abuse the fact that he's 10 feet tall and pretty quick-footed and, and just do like, slappy front kicks and low kicks and run away. And I was like, well, that's just going to be annoying and Magomed Ankalaev's just going to like like let him do that and probably get freaked out by Johnny Walker like being like a weird guy who could just like flying knee you or spinning elbow you at any moment. I feel like that was kind of happening and then Johnny Walker did the like for some reason despite <laughs> the whole thing with Ewan Kutalaba like supposedly pretending to be hurt and then getting the fight stopped. Johnny Walker literally tried to do the call an ambulance but not for me thing against Magomed Ankalaev because Ankalaev threw like a straight to the body that kind of landed okay. And then Johnny Walker was like, oh, my tummy. And then like immediately tried to spring into a flying knee and then kind of just freaked Magomed Ankalaev out into taking him down by accident where the fight ended the way it did. So also just a bad decision to try that because Ankalaev is not a, a super aggressive finisher. Like if he hurts you, he's just going to fucking wait. You know, <laughs> he's not someone that's going to get crazy overzealous for a finish. No, I mean he's an absolute robot. What are you gonna get? Are you gonna get Magomed Ankalaev acting like frustrated and emotional? Honestly, I think you probably can if you can handle him in the clinch, and I don't think Johnny Walker can. No, uh, I'm expecting Johnny Walker to just get fucking clanged on one leg because he likes to to kind of like show kicks, but then not commit to them, and he'll show a kick and get into way too close a range. And then sometimes he'll just kind of shoot his arms out and just get like ripped by a hook during it. So like he, he, I think there's a real good chance he just thinks he's farther away than he is and thinks that Uncle Live is going to back up and then he just gets like blasted by a left hook because he's on one leg. Or he just gets hit by a right straight while he's moving backwards because his footwork's actually pretty shitty whenever he's uh, evading. Oh, what if he goes for a takedown and gets sprawled on then like choked? Ankalaev's not like a great like choke guy, but I, I could just see uh, uh, Johnny Walker shooting a takedown. I think, I think more likely that he just like ends up on top and has to win that fight there, like begrudgingly. Uh, I'm actually just going to pick Magomed Ankalaev to you know he they got 25 minutes this time. It, it, it didn't take that long for the fight to just kind of end up where Mag- Magomed Ankalaev could obviously win it easily. Uh, you can't trust the guy to make like good strategic decisions ever but it's just like so obvious like it like it feels dumbed like like it feels reductive and like i'm not even trying to be like oh you just go out there and take johnny walker down and fucking smush him because you can wrestle and johnny walker can't 
He's got like weird long boy jujitsu now, but he's not gonna triangle you. No, if you just have like a solid conservative top game, you can kind of just let him tucker himself out and just beat him up. And Magomedlan Kalaev is like the most technically capable person of doing that in this division. Um, I can just never trust him to actually go out there and try it without first getting his legs fucking chopped off. Yeah, Jairwars is not a good enough leg kicker for me to expect anything from that. No. Um, and I, if he I, doesn't, think, he'll just get blasted in the face. That's the other thing is Ankalaev is actually a good like pressuring counterpuncher. You know, he's not as consistent as you'd like him to be with it, but he pretty much hurts everyone he fights with his hands at least once in a fight if he doesn't knock them out. He quite often just does knock them out. I'm just, I don't know why I picked Johnny Walker before. There's just always something in the air when Magomed Ankalaev fights. Despite his best efforts, these fights just always end up being fucking weird. But he's just like obviously better than Johnny Walker. He really does have to try to lose a fight like this, right? Yeah, I expect him to just flatly not have problems because Walker's sneaky in the way that uh, like Michelle Pereira's sneaky, where he's actually like kind of rote. Uh, but if you don't do your tape, then you're going to be surprised by some of the shit he's pulling out. But he has like three tricks that he does that are weird. It's like show something weird dipping and then do a flying knee, do a hammer fist as you're falling down from the flying knee, and then punch while you're in the clinch in weird scenarios. But I, I don't think Akali is going to have any problems with uh, with like a weird, you know, up elbow from the clinch or some shit. Whatever, whatever he decides to try out this fight, uh, I, I think he's just going to bully him in the clinch if they do end up there, and then probably get himself taken down going for some fuck shit. But even more realistically, I just don't even think they're going to clinch. I think he's just going to get wiped out early in an exchange. If they do clinch, then. Surely he should just be able to easily trip Johnny Walker to his ass and just wail on him from side control. If if he wants to, I just I just don't think that that's something he likes to do, especially if someone is someone he's trying to like because he he did try and fuck up Ian Kudalaba a lot more uh, harshly in the, in the second fight because he was just like I gotta never fight this guy again. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna knock this guy out. I'm gonna like make sure I fuck him up good enough to where it, it, I just don't end up having to waste more time with him and he might be like you know i'm not having this shit happen again I, i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking kill this guy real quick surely the easiest way to do that is from top position oh it's easiest but i don't know walker's annoying most like risk mitigating and i just just because you brought up the clinch in particular where i think you know magmad ankalaev has shown some kind of blind spots on clinch breaks in particular which is why i think he would kind of be best served to just go for trips whenever they end up in that scenario you know Tiago Santos can like do a counter right hook and he's like sneaky and has good timing uh, even when he was very shot in that fight uh, Johnny Walker you know he's just weird yeah that's a good way of putting it he is kind of just weird uh, he doesn't have uh, like the same kickboxing ability of other people that have like the kind of weird style that he's trying to go for. And he's just gotten really boring and, and wrote since he moved over to SPG specifically. Cause now he's just really dedicated to fainting, which is not good for his style. I think 
Uh, I mean, it's, it's good to faint a little bit, but... I mean, he's also gotten better at jiu-jitsu. Yeah, but I feel like that's a side grade, honestly. Like, getting worse at your good things so that you can be better at the thing that comes up in, like, one of every eight of your fights. Yeah. I mean, it was extremely funny when he submitted Ion Kutalaba, but... But also, he might have been able to sub Ion Kutalaba before that, you know? So, you, you, you got a round... Oh yeah, I think uh, second round. I, I just don't expect Walker to make it through the dilly dallying phase. I think he's gonna dilly dally a bit too hard, um, or dilly when he should have dallied even, and and get fucking waxed, probably by a, a punch wall in one leg, or he'll just enter in super hard. He, you know what? We might get the rare mid air knockout because he might try the same flying knee thing and just get like Arlovsky Fedord. Yeah, or I was just, or, or he gets, um, oh, who's that guy? Uh, oh, no, I was born Tyson Nammed. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah. That one's probably a bit easier. It is a bit easier because you at least get to wait for the guy's feet to touch the floor before you blast him. Yeah, I, I want someone to land like a sick uppercut as someone's falling from a flying knee, like on the dissension. Oh, you just hold, just hold your hand there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just let them lance themselves onto your fist. That, that's a that's a good bit. Uh, I, I'm I'm actually I think it might be kind of a lame knockout. I think it's just gonna kind of ding him real hard and then finish him against the cage. Yeah, entirely possible. But you know, it says something about a matchup when you're not talking about like is this guy gonna win. It's more like how funny is he gonna win. Yeah, and you know, to give Walker some credit because I feel like I'm acting as if he's just a terrible fighter, which I don't think he's that bad. Uh, I, I think he's a lot more meme than substance. But he's still good uh, enough, you know. There's there's a reason he's able to get fights that he shouldn't be getting. Light heavyweight is a hell of a drug, man. Yeah, uh, he's he's maybe like the best uh, like outfighter in the division right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just because he actually outfights, there's not really any other outfighters at the top of light heavyweight, and everyone else that is a good outfighter is just so much smaller than him. Jan Blahovich is in this division, my dude. <laughs> Yes, but I don't know. He, he like he, he doesn't need to outfight, whereas Johnny Walker is always gonna. You know, nowadays he's always gonna outfight. Oh, it's, it's it. absolute death for him if he doesn't, because he absolutely needs to be miles away from his opponent to insulate himself because he doesn't have defense. Jan can exchange, you know. Exactly. Jan just isn't relegated to only being an outfighter because he actually has some craft as a kickboxer. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that uh, that Walker is gonna get smoked, but I think he'll make Ankalaev look bad for about half a round or so. <laughs> I can absolutely see it. I just don't see a way that Magomed Ankalaev finds a way to lose this fight over 25 minutes if he doesn't just get randomly smoked by a flying knee. Yeah, I also think that letting the fight go longer is just a bad play because Ankalaev has a good chin. Just eat a fucking spinning back fist if you have to. Walker has hit people with his fuck shit and not knocked them out multiple times before. And really, anyone that just puts power on his chin is going to knock him out because he doesn't have the most iron chin. And Goliath could just double jab into range and, and probably drop him. Yeah, and this is the thing. Whenever you get Walker into that position and you can just clang him on the chin, he's always just in the worst position ever because he's just like bouncing around just like lazily fainting a teep on one leg. Lest we forget this man got absolutely smoked by Corey Anderson. Yeah, the Corey Anderson fight's the main one I was thinking about because he didn't even manage to land one of his shots on Corey Anderson just by, by Corey Anderson being diligent and, and just be, being insistent on going first. 
yeah, and Corey Anderson was absolutely like he was getting set up at the time. It was like, what is the highest level light heavyweight that might randomly get knocked out by some fuck shit from Johnny Walker? And it was absolutely Corey Anderson, and it was just like level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there was basically no actual chance of him getting knocked out unless. Uh, you you just are really sure about a puncher's chance on that one. This is a guy who got knocked out by OSP. OSP's got craft. <laughs> like you you can shit talk OSP as much as you want, or like anyone can, but OSP's got some shit, you know, or at least more shit that of substance than Johnny Walker's fuckery. I, only because he's been around so much longer. You know, I think Johnny Walker and OSP are absolutely in the same mold of guy who is athletic and just does fights uh, and sort of just figures it out, you know? Yeah, OSP is better at pacing himself because Walker's approach is to just go hard or do nothing. He either goes hard until he gasses or he does nothing, whereas OSP, you have to make him go hard, you know? Sometimes Walker's just feeling himself and he'll, he'll get really aggressive and start throwing a bunch of shit and then just get cleaned, which could happen. He could actually start this fight hot and then just get wiped out. Mm. He, he, you know, he could just like force Ankalaev to just knock him out with a big counter left hand or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in better fights, uh, Mateusz Nikolaus fighting Manel Cape. Yeah, um, another rematch. Uh, in this case, of a fight that I thought was kind of a robbery. Did not really think Mateusz Nikolaou won that fight. And uh, kind of even harder to see him winning it this time round. Gotta say, just because I think Manel Cape has upped his pace a lot in his last few fights, which was kind of his big thing coming from Ryzen over to the UFC. There's just kind of like a requisite amount of punches per round you need to throw in the UFC to just not like lose decisions. And to his credit, he only lost those to like Pantoja, who is the champ now, and and uh, I thought a robbery to Mateusz Nikolaou, which was decided mostly off of kind of kind of bullshit top control that didn't lead to anything when Manel Kate was absolutely smoking Mateusz Nikolaou on the feet because Mateusz Nikolaou is just too passive and so dedicated to countering and that is just a really dangerous game to play with Manel Cape because he is uh, extremely creative and dangerous and he's like one of the freakiest athletes in the division. He's ridiculously fast and he hits hard as shit and he's really strong. I think he's gotten better at being athletic since they last fought. I, like, I'm not saying he's gotten more athletic or anything. I just think he's, he uses it better now. Oh yeah, that David Dvorak fight where he was just like, like how often do you see people like crank really nasty Kimuras at flyweight? Like he, like he was he was actually just flexing like how fucking much stronger he was than David Dvorak. Yeah, and he's got uh, he's got better at pacing himself while also going at a reasonable pace. Like his last fight was a pretty fucking high pace, honestly. Um, it, it was against someone that was theoretically. Uh, an easy fight for him, but it turned out to be a pretty good fighter in their own right. So I don't hold too much against him on that one for, for not getting the finish and, and the fight being kind of like a, a competitive, if not uh, super clear for like, it was, it was clear for cop, but it was very competitive. And you know, super short notice against, uh, I mean, I'm seeing that his name was Felipe dos Santos. 
Okay, I'm pulling up a picture of him. He's got blonde hair. He's definitely a Charles Oliveira guy. Those guys just always uh, randomly turn out to be good when they uh, debut in the UFC on three days' notice. Mateusz Nikolaou got like brutally knocked out in his last fight by Brandon Royvels. So it's kind of like it's kind of pretty open and shut to me when like we've already seen the fight and yeah, Manal Cape lost it on the cards. But I kind of thought that was a bullshit decision, and uh, I think he's just like poised to win the same fight even harder this time around. And I was I was pretty certain about the match Nell fight. Uh for for Nicolau, I was like, oh yeah, Nicolau seems like he'll he'll get the knockout here. Uh but then the Royal one, I, I don't really remember our read on the fight, but in hindsight it was just if you have some dynamism to your style, you don't even have to be a particularly good athlete. You can just trick him pretty comfortably because he's he doesn't have like the best eyes. He's that classic MMA counterpuncher who lets people try shit and gets a step behind and gets overwhelmed by people who just go at him real hard. Yeah, his reactions are quite bad if you just show him a bunch of things and then and then press a single like shot selection advantage that you see. Like if you see he's he's ducking a lot in response to what you're doing, you can walk him onto a knee pretty easily. Or uh, if you see that he's he's leaning out a certain way, it's pretty reliable to find you know like a left hook counter. I think that type of thing is just asking for trouble against Cop because he's he's just he's dynamic as fuck. He's very fast and uh, he has uh, on the flip side, he has fantastic eyes. He can see things pretty fucking easily and he jumps on a counter if he sees it. So I just don't expect him to make it three rounds without getting a knockout on someone that's recently been knocked out. Yep, got to agree there. Um, thought there was going to be more to say about that fight because it is good. Yeah, it is a good, it, it's a good matchup, and Mateusz Nikolaou is a good fighter. It's just kind of like there's just less shit to talk than there was for Walker on Goliath. Yeah, at least that one, you know, ended in a really weird way that was a lot less definitive. Even though it was kind of just like, oh, yeah, obviously that's how the fight goes, and that's how the fight should just go again. Except this time, the right person should just win if nothing weird happens you know next fight we've got Jim Miller fighting Gabriel Benitez that's my favorite fight on the card if not the best fight on the card they actually made an old man fight normally the old guys have just got fight all of the young dangerous killers and just get like fed into the glue factory it's pretty rare that they actually just like uh let the older guys have fun fights with each other you know, Gabriel Benitez is kind of getting old, and Jim Miller has been old. I'd say Gabriel Benitez has been old for a little while now. That's fair. It's also kind of a little bit of a mirror match in terms of like kind of neutral space, southpaw kickboxer. Both love to do low kicks, both opportunistic submission artists. For Jim Miller, that's probably a more significant fixture of his game, but like Gabriel Benitez has a great guillotine if uh, people uh, take bad shots on him. Yeah, I'm actually quite um, jazzed about this one because Gabriel Benitez is a relatively large or a large featherweight or at least like average size featherweight based off of current standards. Yeah, he uh, was and, a large featherweight for most of his career. Yeah, and, and Jim Miller is a small lightweight pretty he's much a normal sized lightweight 10 years ago so. yeah now, now at this point he's a pretty small lightweight and it's pretty rare to see him in a matchup where he isn't outsized in some regard unless it's you know against a, a younger fighter that that's uh, like the the mota fight mota's a particularly small uh 
lightweight, I would say. So I'm I'm excited to see Jim Miller fight someone his size for the first time in a while. Yeah, and I th- I think both guys kind of have have this thing where their striking games really operate best in neutral range. You know, if you really force Jim Miller to come to you, and you can just kind of keep him on the on the end of range and outmaneuver him, he kind of hates that. But then if you can pressure him real fucking hard, he also kind of hates that. But given kind of neutral space and directionality where both guys can kind of just trade ideas from range, he's actually extremely crafty. Gabriel Benitez kind of has the same thing going on. Like his real bread and butter is kind of as an outside like kicker and counter puncher and the people who have really fucked him up on the feet are people who are able to like aggressively counter him you know, really put stuff together as they're getting into range and then catch Benitez when he's sort of overreacting on the back foot. It's, I think it's just like going to be a fun back and forth kickboxing match where both guys get really get to have uh, the kind of fight that they want to have. And it, it's kind of hard for me to tell who really has a significant technical edge in that kind of space. I don't know, what do you think? I think that, uh, I think that Benitez has a, kind of pronounced advantage on the feet. Uh, but I think he's worse at being old currently, because Jim Miller's been old for like five years, whereas Benitez seems like he's still kind of getting his sea legs under him, like trying to figure out how to navigate being old now. Because you could see in the in the David Onama fight, he was fucking hugely athletically outmatched and f- like size outmatched. It was just a rough fucking matchup for him. Uh, and, and since then his, his chin is, is I think fine. Like, I don't, I don't think he's chinny or anything. I just think that his chin is gone and I think his eyes are worse now, uh, which will, will, will happen with old age. Like your reactions just get worse. So Jim Miller is, is kind of built himself around being able to deal with that. Whereas Benitez is still trying to do a lot of the, the slicker shit that he could do when he was younger and a bit more spry. But going up a weight class could be really good for him. I, I think if his, his chin's even slightly improved, then he could probably just walk through most of what Jim Miller's offering uh, and, and land you know enough shots to at least take power off of Jim Miller's shots. Because you, know, you look at Miller's recent uh, like series of knockouts that he's gotten late into his career, they're mostly him just outgunning someone at the beginning of an exchange or, or them fucking something up really badly and him just ending them at the end of it. Because no one that he's knocked out has put their power onto him before he knocks them out. I feel like if you actually land on him enough, he he starts getting a bit tentative and not throwing his, to his full potential. So I could see uh, Benitez just landing like a couple really crisp jabs to start the fight and, and use some speed. Because I do think he's going to have a pronounced speed advantage. Uh, but also the grappling could be difficult because they're, they're both really good grapplers, but I think that Miller's... Uh, experience against larger fighters is going to pay dividends like them grappling is is a very real possibility um miller loves a takedown and i think if he gets there he probably can get a submission within a couple rounds yeah i I think miller's the more likely one to try and press the grappling particularly if it's not going well for him on the feet i can see jim miller getting kind of donald Cerrone'd. He just couldn't bring himself to pressure in that fight, and he just it just let someone who's uh, a really dangerous kicker and really 
good at switching up their offense and disguising what they want to do if you're not pressing initiative against them. And he he just got picked apart and smoked. Until the second fight. Until the second fight. <laughs> Which was an example of him being better at being old than his opponent is. I think it's a, a real possibility that uh, Jim could find... Uh, like a knockout shot by showing takedowns, especially if he's gotten a takedown already, because uh, Benitez, his hips are just really not good for taking a shot whenever he's really worried about a takedown. And he's normally not too worried about a takedown. He's got like good counter shots for it, and uh, his takedown defense in a vacuum is per- like perfectly fine. I just expect uh, Jim Miller to be being big to be a, a really big problem. If he forces Jim Miller to go to wrestling because he's getting fucked up on the feet, like, uh, Who's the guy that Gabriel Benitez like body kicked into guillotining himself and it was like the slickest shit I've ever seen? I remember who it was, but he did that to a guy one time. <laughs> it was Sam Cecilia in 2016. It's always hard for me to tell with a fighter in the kind of position that Benitez is where he got knocked out really hard, not that, you know, only a couple of fights ago. Kind of David Onama could have knocked him out like that at almost any point in Gabriel Benitez's career. Yeah, it's weird because Antaveros' fight is just not going to tell you anything because Antaveros is very large, but he's also... Uh, I'm trying to think of a way that's not mean because like, the guy hasn't done anything wrong. He's not good in particular. He's just someone that is going to get fucked up really badly if you're experienced and good, even if you're old. He just like actually can't wrestle. Like, like he's like he's no, no. He is a horrible grappler, and he has an axe kick as his only real striking tool. Yeah, and it's lightning fast, and it's terrifying. And he's oh yeah, he somehow axe kicks everyone he fights, but he then just instantly gets smoked as soon as anyone even tries a little bit to press a grappling advantage against him. Uh, really can't take anything away from a fight like that, other than that. Mowgli Benitez wasn't shot enough to get just like axe kick KO'd in the first 10 seconds. Yeah, and I haven't seen anyone shot enough to get axe kick KO'd by him. So we don't even know if that's a reliable path to victory or just like a fluke thing that happens in all of his fights where he lands a good axe kick that doesn't finish someone. Uh, I'm going to pick Gabriel Benitez by KO in the first round. It's a hard pick for me because shot selection-wise, I can see a lot of paths to victory for both guys. Uh, they, they both do a lot of things the other guy is pretty susceptible to. Uh, you know, Miller, for example, he does not like being uh, kicked very hard. And he kicks up very hard himself. Like, I could see either guy getting low kick TKO'd just because that's something that'll happen in, in this type of matchup. Where, where two older guys are fighting, they both have really strong leg kicks. Where they'll, they'll just kind of eat each other alive. Uh, I think more likely than not, if someone does get a leg kick TKO, it's probably Benitez. But I, I'm expecting it, it more to be uh, Miller just gets kind of like flashed by a, a huge power shot whenever he's not e- expecting for Benitez to be so quick. Because Benitez is very quick. He'll he'll kind of go at a slow pace and then just fucking thwack you real quick. And, and that's always difficult for Miller, traditionally. Yeah, and I think you're right. Yeah. Benitez, it's not like he's a blazing fast featherweight these days, uh, but I think going up to lightweight and fighting a kind of old, slow, lightweight, he's going to feel like in the fucking Matrix. He's just going to have 
more opportunities to put his ideas together and land shots when even when they're at that range that they both excel at. Yeah, and he'll push a good uh, like he'll he'll push a size advantage, no problem. But being able to push it before you've gotten cracked like eight times is is just a tough ask against someone that's a really good striker. Because Miller's a good striker, I think. But I I always think of Benitez more as that's his game. Is he, he's a he's a good striker. He's he's uh, pretty crafty. He's he's always been tricky to to get the type of shots you want off on him. He's not good defensively, but he's pretty aware. He's he's not just going to let himself get clanged. You you got to fight for it a bit. And that's something that Jim Miller hasn't had to do to get his knockouts. He normally just has been knocking these guys out because they're like for lack of a better term just way beneath his level. You know, like one of his opponents axe kicked into range. Yeah, like he axe kicked into range and then killed himself. Um and then his his uh, what what was the name of the other guy? Um Jesse Butler. Yeah, I mean that was just brutal. That 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 was that was some real like uh uh you, you know if you just put like uh your average Joe in, in in the Olympics to to see what happens. But he was racing like a shot Olympian, but it was still just like just way better. Like he, he, even hand speed Miller was was ahead of the guy. It was just rough. The guy just shouldn't have been there. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, it's a nice matchup for both guys because you get to see where both of them are at. Because if I think I think if Miller wins, then he's actually um, certifiably back. He like he he's he's so back. I, I think he's gonna probably get a, a, a good fight if he wins this one. Because you know his only re- real recent loss is Alexander Hernandez, and that's an okay loss. Yeah, and it was a very close fight. Yeah, it was a close fight, and, and that's a guy that's way younger than him. Other than that, he's he's on a like a he has four fights, one out of his last five. That's really good for his age. I think they'll probably give him a slight step up just to show him that he's he cannot be getting more steps up. Because <laughs> I do think he would lose a step up, but if they keep having him fight around this level, then he could be fighting the next three years, no problem. I'll keep giving him the Jesse Butler's of the world, man. He deserves it. Give him the Jesse Butlers, and then every couple fights, give him an old man fight like this one. Give him Cub Swanson after this. Get, get Cub back in there. That's an okay fight. I mean, whatever happens, he's been saying for a while he wants to be on UFC 300. Just give him a fight on that card. Yeah, give him Charles Oliveira on that card. Another old dog. They're one and one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got it. You, I mean, that, that'd be a good... That, we joke, but that would actually be a pretty exciting fight for about 40 seconds. So then we got absolute banger. Bantamweight fight. Uh, Ricky Simone taking on Mario Batista. Got a bit real- of a wrestle boxer's paradise there. Yeah, this is a, a real kind of mirror match, like kind of dude with a stupid haircut who's just a fucking hoss who goes hard as a motherfucker the whole time. Versus a dude with a stupid haircut and goes super hard like a hoss the whole time. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a magnificent matchmaking. They're going to fucking meet in the middle and try to hoss each other, and the hossiest hoss will prevail. Kind of got to lean Ricky Simone in that fight. Oh, yeah. Uh, Way more of a hoss, but probably a worse striker when it comes to finding sneaky shots. Uh, Really? You think so? I, I think so. I think he's a lot more explosive than Batista, but I think Batista's actual ideas are, are a bit more sound for, for sneaky attacks. They both have good chins, though, so I'm not really expecting either of them to get chin-checked too hard unless it's Simone uh, just trailblazing him. 
they both have good chins, but also get chin checked all the time. They do get chin checked all the time, but I, I don't think they're the type of guys that chin check each other. I think if someone's gonna chin check someone, it's, it's probably uh, but Batista getting hurt. But oh, I I tend to think so because like Mario Batista, I mean he's a really good fighter, but everything he does, it, it, you know, is pure modern MMA meta. It is just about super hard pressure and pace the whole time. It's not that he's a bad striker. He's definitely dangerous, and he uses his strikes to transition into the clinch and play the different phases of MMA off of each other and just constantly drown his opponent and give them stuff to think about. But the flip side of that is he kind of doesn't have really any defense because he's just like... Uh, what his opponent might try to do to him back is kind of irrelevant to how he wants to fight. And this has gotten him like, hideously knocked out by like Trevin Jones, who on like consistency of matchups they can actually win is a way worse fighter than Mario Batista. And he absolutely iced him. Uh, Ricky Simone kind of a little bit had the, <laughs> the same, same kind of thing going on for a long time, except I, I think he's like, uh, really like try to learn to box in a way that I don't know if Mario Batista has. And I think Ricky Simone has a, is a lot more, uh, he's a lot more creative with sort of switching up his rhythm uh, when he puts combinations together and the way his combinations build off of each other. And he is able to like counter punch off of the back foot a little bit, at least like draw people into exchanges and land big shots as they're backing out. and he can like keep people on the end of a jab and like play stuff off of that. I think I'm going to pick Ricky Simone by knockout actually. I think that's fair. I am expecting a lot of scrambling, which I think Batista will get the worst of. Yeah. Cause uh, also I think Ricky Simone is just flatly a more like bonkers bullshit athlete than Mario Batista. Is. Oh yeah. I think, Mario, I, I think Mario Batista, I think is very strong and he's a really good grappler and wrestler. Um, he's got good cardio but he's not like a hard hitter especially and his hands aren't that quick yeah Ricky Simone is also a huge puncher and does is one of those guys who does shit in scrambles where you're just like whoa and also has like fucking infinite cardio like that fight with Marab Valashvili back in the day was absolutely insane just both going balls to the wall doing the most silly dynamic shit they could possibly muster I'm hoping we get one of those fights. Yeah, and this fight doesn't really look like any of the losses that Ricky Simone has, like, similarity to the matchup-wise. It, it is, this is uh, maybe the first mirror match he's had that wasn't either a dramatic mismatch or, uh, like, a, a dramatic mismatch in, uh, in the other way. Like, Yudong Song is, is just fucking... He, he's the same kind of concept where you're just really athletic and you push that huge athleticism advantage he's just fucking way faster and a better striker mm, and impossible to wrestle yeah and has the hardest chin of probably anyone in the division if not like it's either him or Cheeto right like they, they've got the craziest chins probably both of those guys together you watch the fight that they had with each other and it's like oh normal people put a died from half the shots you've both eaten yeah like they they both hit each other so cleanly and they both hit really fucking hard so it's, it's not like you know either guys pillow fist is hitting each other they're, they're fucking hitting each other with hammers and they're perfectly fine uh so i i'm not expecting that to mean much that ricky swan just lost to him 
this is just a big step down. Not not to like uh, denigrate uh, Batista or anything. It's just this is what a step down looks like in the bantamweight division. You've still got to fight a guy like this. Yeah, like it's a it's a pretty noticeable step down. Uh, Batista's what like probably ranked like thirteen or something. Yeah, so I think that they they matched well, but I just don't really see Batista being able to overcome the the speed difference or the the raw strength difference. Because I don't even think the cardio is going to come into play. I think the fight's just going to be over before then. No, I mean, it really does feel like Batista just having to fight a kind of more developed and physically souped up version of himself. Yeah, who's uh, just like more prone to being able to use his speed to get something dynamic off of. Because Batista has some, some nice tricky shots he can land uh, that, that aren't completely rote like most of his game. But uh, I feel like, you know, it, it's pretty hard to catch Ricky Simone slip. And most of the people that have, have fucked him up really good are like the cream of the crop for for strikers, right? Is there an example I'm missing? Yeah, I mean, he, he did get bonked with that big right hand in the first round by Uriah Faber a few years back. But Uriah Faber is really good. <laughs> You know, people joke about, like, mention that he's old, but, like, he was old, but he was still a fucking hoss and had been in the gym for, like, 20 years. He, he's a he's a pretty good striker. And and also, there was, like, a degree of flukeness to that, you know. If you have a, a shootout in the first 30 seconds with your eye favor, there's, like, a 40% chance you lose at least. Dude hits hard, especially as an old man. I, I, don't, I don't tend to rate that fight as bad of a loss. No, I mean, it's just, like, shit happens, right? Yeah, yeah. A bit of shit happens, and he was, like, 26. Sometimes you just get smoked by a crafty old veteran and then go on to still be good. Shit happens. Yeah, I feel like you got to pick Ricky Simone, but should be an absolute banger for as long as it lasts. Yeah, I'm going to say Ricky Simone by having a sick grappling exchange in the first round that makes people think the fight's really competitive and then knocking him out abruptly into the second. Yeah. Uh, okay, Phil Hawes is fighting Bruno Ferreira. Somebody's going to get knocked out. Probably going to be Phil Hawes. Yeah, I'm thinking Phil Hawes gets knocked out pretty clean there. Bruno Ferreira's got a uh, he's got some nice moves, and he hits fucking hard. Is yeah, certainly. Um, you know, Phil Hawes just always has like at least two minutes of looking like a genuinely good striker for the division before he just gets the fucking off button pushed. If he was a better finisher, I would think he's going to win because I do think he's going to hurt his opponent. But I think the other guy is probably just going to get hurt and then like sit down on the left hand and knock him out. Right? Mm, yes. You know, I was talking about Mario Batista being a guy who's so focused on his own work that sometimes he just gets clanged by something that isn't even on his radar. Phil Hawes has got to be like the most dramatic extreme of that I've ever seen. You see him just like absolutely lighting Kram Elishkerov up with kicks and he just gets dinged and it's like someone just knocked the plug out of the wall when this guy gets knocked out. Yeah, and the the Chris Curtis fight where he he looked fantastic relative to how he normally looks, and then he just fucking dies. Mm. It's really really any fight he has where someone is able to eat some of his shots and then throw back that he just loses. Yeah, I mean he was absolutely dunking on Julian Marquez for basically the whole time, and he just, just got kicked in the head. Yep. Um, Andre Arlovsky's fighting Waldo Cos has a coaster. Now that one I'm excited for because Andre Arlovsky is an actual boxer for by MMA heavyweight standards, and Waldo Cortez Acosta he has uh, exactly a jab that's very floaty, and he shows it and leaves his lead leg out there to get kicked really hard. 
but he also spams his own kicks. So that's his gimmick, is that he has a very uh, kickable, like, he has a very low-kick, counterable jab. But he he also does his own little jab. And I think that's just enough to where uh, Arlovsky's going to figure that out pretty immediately and be like, oh, this guy, if I just... If I just like pull counter his jab or low kick him as he throws his jab and then circle, then it's pretty clean. Because uh, Arlovsky, you know, people talk about his chin, but his chin is still fine. You know, he gets knocked out by the good ones, but he doesn't get knocked out by anyone that isn't a real hitter. And I'm not certain that Waldo is a real hitter at this point. I mean, he lost to Dante Mays and Marcos Rogerio de Lima, which is really bad. But the Rogerio de Lima fight's not that bad. That's that's just kind of what can happen. That one was like, yeah, that'll happen with a guy like that. Um, I don't know. I kind of think Walter's, Walter Cortez Acosta is kind of the new Marco Sergio de Lima, you know? I think he just hits way less hard, and he, he's not as insistent about putting combos on it. I think he's a bit too modest. I think he still hits very hard. He's just, he doesn't go as hard in the first, like, two minutes of a fight as de Lima does. But he's real fucking fast and does a big right hand. And I mean, that knockout of Lucas Breschke was just some of the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. And seeing him clang the dude. And apparently this guy does have a baseball background because he was just like walking up to the guy, like spamming right hands, literally like he was throwing a fastball. Like, <laughs> watch it. It's really funny. Um, I want to agree with all of the stuff you just said about uh, Andre Arlovsky just being flatly. He, good enough at boxing to handle someone as shallow and aimless as Cortez Acosta. I'm just worried that Andre Olofsky really might be hitting diminishing returns for how old you can be at heavyweight and still hang around by having a jab and a low kick. I mean, getting knocked out by Dante Mays, I don't know if that quite fits the pattern of Andre Olofsky for, you know, for a long time, he was the guy who was just picking off mediocre guys who were trying to break it through at heavyweight. And it, it really is like if you generally, if you have a requisite degree of like dynamism at this point, then you're going to smoke Andre Olofsky and you're going to go on to be a ranked heavyweight. What a Cortez Acosta. He has had some infuriatingly frustrating performances in the UFC already, but I, he's like young and athletic enough that. I can still actually see some potential in him by the standards of this division. I, I think he really actually might hang around for a long time as a guy who will uh, just like get stupid knockouts sometimes. I understand the urge to think that. I, I'm just resistant to that until he at least knocks out Andre Olovsky. Oh, if he knocks out Andre Olovsky, he is firmly that guy. Yeah, my my ex- expectation is that even if Andres starts to realize there's trouble on the feet because he's kind of old, um, might might just fucking get a single leg. Like, what the fuck is? I, I have absolutely no reason to think that Andre Olowski can't top game the guy, or at least no reason that I can surmise. Uh, I, I also I'm I'm admittedly biased. I just like Andre Olowski and I I pick him a lot of the time. It just ends up being right because he's good. Yeah, I like Andre Olowski as well. Uh... I just I do have the vibe that this is one of those where he just randomly gets smoked by someone a lot younger than him. Those ones are going to start being more and more common. Cortez Acosta, like it, it says he's six four, but I just don't believe that. Bullshit! Is he six four? 
He's like six. He's like six one, maybe. Yeah, he. I think that there is going to be a pronounced advantage at, at staying at range and, and getting offense off. That Arlovsky, people can crowd him. Like you can really get in on him and, and hit him with good power. That's how pretty much all of his losses are. Is just someone just stepping up and hitting him really hard, or you know, walking him into something easily. But Cortez Acosta is not exactly a lights out counterpuncher. And his offense going forward is incredibly limited. He pretty much only does it once he's hurt you. And it pretty much is just big right hand. Yeah, and a big right hand, that's pretty much all Arlovsky picks off at this point, is someone that's throwing right hands they shouldn't be throwing. He's like, I'm, I'm Andre Arlovsky. You, th- you think you're just going to big right hand me? Yeah, he learned his lesson between like his 7th and 8th knockout loss. That's kind of most of the card. Um... Yeah, there's other fighters fighting, but they aren't fighting anyone relevant. Yeah, Joshua Van on the first prelim. Guy we've had our eye on since his UFC debut. Fun striker. Fighting a guy making his debut. Yeah, Fareed Basharat's pretty good. Matthew Semmelsberg is fighting Preston Parsons. Uh, He's probably just going to smoke Preston Parsons because he's a lot larger than him and hits harder. And we will have learned nothing about Matthew Semmelsberger. Yeah, I guess that's kind of it. This has been the Forbidden Technique podcast. You can catch us next week where we'll be going over any of the cool stuff that goes down on this card and actually previewing the next pay-per-view, uh, UFC 297. With Sean Strickland defending UFC middleweight title for the first time against Drikas Duplessis. That uh, should be an absolute fucking bloodbath. Or a tepid decision. Mm, or a tepid decision. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about it. Uh, Raquel Pennington fighting Mara Bueno Silva for the uh, vacant women's bantamweight title should be a fun one we'll see you guys then peace later